I'm Gianfranco Paranti, I'm professor of cardiology at the University of Milano Bicocca and scientific director of the Clinical Research Institution in Milan, the Instituto Oxologico Italiano. I'm also chairperson of the Council on Hypertension, the European Society of Cardiology, and president-elect of the World Hypertension League. And of, of course, I'm also a proud member of the task force of the ESH guidelines. These guidelines are providing us with important information on how we should better manage hypertension in our patients. And there are several key recommendations in my opinion. First is the great attention on the accuracy of blood pressure measurement. This is fundamental. Whenever you are talking about high blood pressure, if you don't have accurate measurement, you cannot say anything reliable. So the guidelines recommend to measure blood pressure accurately and repeatedly during the visit and over repeated visits. That's of great importance. But they also state very clearly this time that you should also add out-of-office blood pressure whenever possible, which in my interpretation would be practically always. I mean, we need either home or ambulatory blood pressure depending on the feasibility and depending also on the patient's characteristics because this might help you avoiding uh, the implications of a white coat hypertension, might allow to identify masked hypertension, particularly when this happens during the night. Again, in these guidelines, there is attention to nocturnal hypertension, which is one of the conditions associated with a high risk in our patients and has been um, really revitalized in a way by the results of recent trials. The last one was the Spanish ABPN registry just published in The Lancet, showing that nocturnal hypertension can predict outcome uh, much more precisely than daytime blood pressure. And nocturnal hypertension and mass hypertension may have an impact on prognosis similar to that of sustained hypertension. So diagnosis is an important step and should be done properly. The second important step is risk stratification. And these guidelines, again, emphasize the importance of a personalized approach. So you have to characterize the individual risk profile, and this can be done by taking into account the nice uh, schematic approach by the SCORE2 system offered by ESC in their prevention guidelines. And this might help clinicians to identify the real level of risk of each individual patient, and based on this, to decide how, when, and to which intensity they should start treatment. And the next step is obviously treatment. So again, there is a, a strong emphasis on lifestyle changes. This should never be disregarded, because if you don't lose weight, you should don't stop smoking, if you stop drinking too much alcohol, if you don't reduce you know, a stressful situation that might uh, interfere with your pressure, and if you don't practice enough physical exercise, it's very difficult to get cardiovascular protection. And once you've done this, then the choice of drugs, again, is recommended in a practical, efficient, and acceptable manner, which means drug combinations, if possible in a single pill, to facilitate patient's adherence, to provide a quicker effect on blood pressure that might be perceived by the patient as an improvement. So might facilitate adherence also psychologically, but 
most importantly, might provide protection. And this has to be checked uh, throughout the daily life conditions, including the night and the 24 hours. So single pill combination treatment with two drugs, if necessary, even three drugs, depending on the situation, with a more flexible choice of the drugs as an initial step. Also revitalizing the beta blockers in a way, because this has always been uh, in the philosophy of ESH. You might remember the guidelines, uh, the meta-analysis we published with Professor Zanchetti some years ago, we were comparing the efficacy of different drugs on hypertension control. And what came out quite clearly that what matters is the blood pressure reduction, not so much the choice of one or the other drugs, even because we are supposed to combine them properly. The combination should be made taking into account once more the individual risk profile. And finally, there is a lot of attention on follow-up. Hypertension is a chronic condition. Our patients need to be protected all over their life. And this, in most cases, requires continuous treatment and continuous monitoring that what we are achieving is a full and smooth control of blood pressure all over the 24 hours. This might be the proper way to reduce cardiovascular risk. How much should we reduce blood pressure, again, is a debated issue, but the guidelines, again, offer a range of values that can be reached, again, depending on tolerability. We are not recommending a fixed homogeneous target for everyone, because this is not respectful of the individual clinical situation. We have to consider whether we are managing frail people, elderly people with comorbidities, people having had already events, or just normal and fit individuals. So, depending on the situation, the choice should be adopted. And obviously, if a person uh, can tolerate a reduction of blood pressure even below 130, this is welcome to occur, but we cannot impose the same target to everyone without considering the individual clinical situation. And this is a very practical message for our colleagues in the world because hypertension management is important. Cardiovascular protection by reducing blood pressure is important. This should be done in an effective manner but also in a manner that may allow patients to adhere to the prescription. If you are exaggerating, we might be responsible for too many side effects and our patient might discontinue treatment, so they are going to be lost for protection. It's not what we want.